the young back cut down the defensive end, but there's a beautiful banana. There's three quarterbacks in this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever one don't go back them out. Period. Cut and dry. Next. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Welcome to the TW Podcast. This is our seventh episode. Uh, today I am uh, up in the uh, the podcast studio per se. It is probably about 85 degrees outside right now. I am actually sweating, um, which doesn't take me much to sweat. You know, I'm a big guy. So, uh, But it's starting to get warm out there in Michigan, people. It's time to get a little bit excited. It's time to get some golf going. Time to... Uh, get out and about instead of you know being kind of locked down um, you know so it's time to get a little bit excited you know this is the time of year where it's starting to flip to summer all right get excited for the summer um, but on this week's uh, podcast uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the match two uh, which was a golf match played uh, this weekend uh, with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning that was one team and then the other team was Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. So we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, as well as we will talk about um, kind of my thoughts of uh, The Last Dance, which was a 10-part documentary series that uh, ESPN had. So, uh, And as always, we'll have uh, the Netflix movie of the week. As always, we'll have three and out. So uh, let's get right into the podcast. All right, the match two. All right, this is uh, coming from the match one which was played probably a year and a half ago. It was just Phil versus Tiger. Uh, and it was a great watch as well. But the match, too, was a hit for me everywhere. All right. There was some turmoil. You know, the rain was coming in. The, uh, you know, the dark clouds. At one point, they said it was so dark out there, but it looked like it was light on screen with the way they can do some effects. Um you know, it was just kind of like, wow, all right? There was a little bit of turmoil out there. Um, the camaraderie, just the brotherhood out there. You saw guys like Peyton and Tom, you know, they're probably not best friends because they compete against each other, but they probably there's a mutual respect, and they probably enjoy each other's company from time to time. Um, and you can kind of see them going, you know, and you know, same thing with Tiger and Phil. Like, they've competed so much against each other. There's respect. There's a friendship. Um you know, it was just that camaraderie, having fun, talking a little smack. You know, there were some times I saw Tiger just out there uh, just one-linering people, uh, having fun, laughing. There was a one point where Phil was on a shot, and he was like, Tiger, could you go up there and spot the ball? And Tiger's like, I ain't going up there and spot no ball. He goes, well, if you hit it, I'll give you the hole. And sure, sure as hell, you know, I thought for a second, I thought Phil Mickelson was going to take the hole just because he hit the ball. Just missed it by maybe two or three inches. Uh, it still was a great shot by Phil to put it running up that green. But, I mean, there was that. There was the raising money for, for COVID-19 relief. Uh, there's a lot of celebrities just coming on there to have conversations. And they did a good job making us feel like we're one of them. Like, we're we're all just connected people. And um, and we're doing something great for everybody. I mean, that was, that was awesome. And, um, you know, there's... The rain wasn't ideal, and you could see it was affecting some of them. I bet you Tom Brady would claim that it affected him tremendously. Uh, but 
you know, they're playing through it. Tiger was just getting a towel, just wiping his clubs off every chance he could because they were competing out there. And one of the greatest things out there was you got to kind of get in the mindset of what a professional golfer thinks about. I mean, at one point, Phil Mickelson was explaining to Tom Brady how to hit a shot under the green, just a little chip shot, and went into the most immense detail I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm just hitting a chip shot. Because my chip shot's just... You know, my buddy Brian would sit there and just say, hey, man, wherever, just put it on the green. So, like, that's my motto. Like, if it's on the green, we're good. Well, Phil's in there. He's like, oh, well, if you look at the color, different color, that means the grain, the grain's different. Um, you know, and the, the way the water's hitting these greens right now, it's it's going to kind of slick its way over here. I mean, it's not going to get a really good roll. You know, they're, they're, it's a little faster. So what you want to do is you want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like, I, I don't know if Tom Tom Brady is that well of golf, but you could tell the difference between a pro golfer and an amateur golfer right there because their mindset is unbelievable. Like I, People don't think about all the things he's, t like grain of the grass, like, sure, it's against it. What does that mean? You know, like all these things and the where to put your, your your shot and your footing and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're giving these tips out there to everybody in the world to kind of go about it, and it kind of lets you into their world of why they're professionals. Um, but, you know, the match was great. Uh, the front nine, uh, they played as a best ball, which whoever hits the best, uh, you know, best score on the hole wins that hole. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a match or, you know, just stroke play where it was going to see how many people could be under. Uh, it was going to be hole to hole, and that's how you're going to play. Um, and on the front, you know, Peyton and Tiger, they really dominated. They were a great team out there. You know, Peyton Manning surprised the hell out of me in how he could play golf. All right. Um, I always figure, you know, uh, quarterbacks always tend to be uh, pretty good at golf or just those kind of sports, especially hockey players always tend to be good at golf for some reason. But Peyton was out there making shots. Like, his iron game was on point. Like, he was great. All right. His par threes, the entire day at par threes, I I was going to take, I'd take uh, Peyton over anybody else in the match right there. I mean, he was being unbelievable with his shots. Just just awesome. You know, and uh, on that front, they had one hole where they're going to play with one club, which I don't know if anybody's out there has ever played a, a hole with just one club. I've only done it in bachelor party setting. And usually that's after, you know, so a little hooting hollering. But, you know, that's, it's difficult. You know, I'd pick a seven iron because I can hit it the best. You know, they're thinking like four shots ahead, like uh, I'm hitting this four iron because i got to hit this at least 245, 270, somewhere in there. And then i got to make sure I do this. And, like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, my gosh. You know, they, they both teams end up bogeying this hole for a tie. But all I remember is Tiger pulled out a four iron and was like, yeah, I'm going to smack this four iron around. It might hurt me later, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um and it was really good. You know, the back nine, um, they went alternating shot, which alternating shot means everybody's going to take a tee shot. You guys will decide which tee shot you like the most. Whoever didn't hit that tee shot's going to have to hit the next shot, and then the next guy's going to hit the next shot. Just alternating shot, okay? Um, on the alternating shot, it uh, can be difficult. I did this last year uh, in a little uh, a, a team tournament. Um and which did not pan out well for us on the back nine. Um, so, you know, looking at it in that sense, um, 
it's difficult playing alternating shot because you got one guy who's probably your consistent player on the team, and then you got the guy who's not the consistent player on the team. Um, and you know, on that back nine, that's where uh, Phil and Tom started making a comeback a little bit. You know, made it interesting, brought it into one hole. You know, going in the last hole, there could have been a chance for playoff holes. Uh, didn't get that. Uh, Tiger, um, you know, Tiger and Peyton won won the match. Uh, which was great because, you know, I know Tiger, uh, not personally, but I know Tiger would not want to go down 0-2 against Phil Mickelson in their match plays here. So uh, that was great. You know, that was, uh, it was a good matchup. Um, you know, Peyton's golf game, unbelievable. This lights out. Couldn't believe how good a golf he was. Um, but he also made the game, like the whole thing, I'd say he was the most, uh, he, he, was, he surprised me the most with his golf game. But he also uh, made it more watch, like more watcher friendly. Like I love golf. I want to watch golf. Now my wife, she does not like golf. She's not gonna sit around. She's like, we're gonna watch paint dry for the next three hours. I think not, Trav. But um, she actually watched it and enjoyed it. You know, I think a lot had to do with uh, the interaction with uh, with other NFL players or other golfers out there, uh, or people that were donating money, like saying, hey, if you put it on this green, I'm gonna give you fifty thousand dollars and uh, donation, or we're going to give uh, $100,000 worth of meals to people. Um, you know, so we're kind of watching that, and you know, just, he's a funny guy. Tom Brady, or not Tom Brady, but Peyton Manning, he's a funny guy. Tom Brady, Tom Brady did not look like he was enjoying himself for a while during that match. There's a few shots he made that, one they would say is a shot of the round, but he did not play uh, spectacular. I don't think he's a terrible golfer by anybody's means, because I think he was a good ball striker. But he played terrible, to the point of terrible, where I sat there and go, you know what? I think I can go around there and mash a couple balls around with Tom Brady and probably compete. Uh, but, you know, Tom had a rough day. He even split his pants right down the uh, the center of his butt there. Uh, and then out of nowhere, he's just wearing his rain pants. So, you know, that's a, that's a tough go, Tom. You know, we feel bad for you. Uh, actually, I don't. You got enough Super Bowls that I should never feel bad for you or in money. Like you're in good shape, bud. Don't worry about it. Um, but you guys did a phenomenal job, all four of you guys, and everybody who's involved in that thing. I mean, they raised twenty million dollars in aid for COVID nineteen. I mean, that's just unbelievable in itself. I went on to uh, the site and I, I I put in for I donated some money so I could put in for the sweepstakes to get putting lessons from um, Tiger Woods. We'll see if I get there. I, I highly, highly doubt it, but uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I hope I do. I'd like to go meet Tiger and uh, take a little putts. You know, a little TW and a little TW out there would be a good thing. Uh, but that was the match too. Loved it. All right, I want to talk about the last dance now. All right, this was a ten-part Sunday. Basically, turned into a ritual for me. Just it was a religion. All right. I couldn't wait to watch two episodes of The Last Dance every week. I, you know, if I had to say something bad about it, I would say that it seemed a little bit jumbled. Like, I wish it would have been more linear, like linear storytelling instead of hopping back and forth between '98 to '91 to 1987 to '94. Like, that's a lot for me to keep up with and understand what's going on. If they were just kind of linear uh, format, to that would probably make me feel better, but. You know, I thought it was great. I mean, you got, you know, they called it the last dance because Phil Jackson wrote on his his last full plan for 
the last year of 98 because he was going to be let go because they're going to go into rebuild phase in Chicago. Uh, he, called, he labeled this thing the last dance. So that's where they got the name from. You know, let's just talk about that for a minute. You got maybe the most dominant team in NBA history. You know, they won two in a row, going for their third. You know, and at the end of the documentary where uh, Michael Jordan says, we would all came back, we probably would have won a fourth one. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't what Chicago wanted to do at that time. I mean, that's just frustrating. Like, you would think the idea of having a, you know, a basketball program, uh, your idea is to win all the time. Like, you don't want to not, not win. Um, that's kind of the way it goes. You know, you go into a rebuild stage, that's what they were doing. That's what they wanted to do. You know, Phil Jackson was told he wasn't going to come back and be able to be the coach. So Michael Jordan basically said, if he's not the coach here, I'm not playing here, so I'll retire again. I don't I don't need to play here anymore. Scottie Pippen didn't want to play there anymore, had a bad taste from the, uh, the front office, uh, not renewing his contract. He was grossly underpaid for what he was worth at that time. Um, you know, and that's the things where, you know, they had some, they just want to move on and not win championships, which is what everybody's into pro, you know, athletics for is to win championships. So, um, you know, the first, my first thoughts on it, you know, is, you know, Michael Jordan, all right. I believe he was like the producer and kind of put this whole thing together, um, you know, and the ideas of telling the story, um, you know, and you kind of see Michael uh, in various different lights, not just he's the greatest of all time, how awesome is, you know, Michael Jordan. So we're sitting there, and I'm watching, and you see the kind of preparation and time he puts in to being a great athlete and being the best of all time. Like, you see him put in the work. You see him uh, pulling his teammates. You know, that's, you know, some people... Uh, we're labeling Michael Jordan as kind of a jerk to his teammates because he was hard on them. But I can tell you this, any leader in anything, if they're not hard on you, that means they don't expect a lot out of you uh, and they don't want you to get better. You know, Michael Jordan wanted everybody else around him to raise to the level that he was going to prepare. That guy was a workaholic, all right, um, and just wanted to be successful. He, it's always, he only wanted to win. He didn't want to lose anything. He didn't want to lose a game. I mean, they showed him playing a game of just throwing a quarter against a wall. Who could throw it closest without hitting the wall? And he was playing that with the security guards. Like, like that, and he was competing. Like, he would get mad if he didn't win. Like, that's the approach that he takes in life. And for most successful people, if you're not always trying to compete, then it's, it's frustrating, all right? Because being around people who don't compete is the most frustrating thing ever. And you could see Michael, when he found people he didn't think were competing, how he really did not like them in the documentary. Like, you know, that's the way things are going to go. But, you know, a lot of people think that Michael Jordan was kind of a jerk. I I just see a guy who at times was a jerk, and that's what you need to be when you're in the position he was. And, you know, I never thought at any point in time he was an egomaniac. I mean, Let's face facts. If you want to win the game, you put the ball in Michael Jordan's hands. But it was not like Michael Jordan had to sit there and say, I had to take every game-winning shot. I mean, there was that one where he saw – I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he's like, hey, man, this is your ch- this is your chance. And he kicked him the ball. 
put up a three and one in the game. Like Michael Jordan's a good teammate. Like at the time, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, if everybody could talk about Michael Jordan in a free sense, uh, how they felt that he was as a teammate, you know, would be a very uh, thing to elaborate on there. Uh, but I felt like there's a lot of people who felt negatively about Michael Jordan after the end of the documentary. But, you know, he's still the greatest player to ever play the game. If you ask me, Michael Jordan is my favorite basketball player of all time. I like LeBron. I like, for you know, a couple guys. But Michael Jordan is the guy in the NBA of all time. All right. You know, then it kind of go, you know, Scottie Pippen. All right. I hold Scottie in a high regard. Until I saw the one episode where he was all pissy, he wasn't going to be able to take like the game-winning shot or something like that, and he just decided that he was going to sit. Like, I'm going to sit. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. Like, that's probably the only time he said he did in his career, and he knows it was bad. But like, you never do that to your team. Like at the end of the at the end of that thing, he told him his teammate came up to him and was crying, emotionally upset that he gave up on him. Like. Those are things that are hard to have damage control on, okay? When you just act uh, out of your own ego, that's what's going to happen. You're going to break some relationships. And, you know, he kind of did to that point. Now, he came back and became a great teammate. Scottie Pippen is a very good basketball player. And Michael Jordan said he's like, you know, nobody would talk about me if I didn't have Scottie Pippen. And you could tell that they were great teammates to each other. Um, you know, afterwards I heard that maybe uh, Scotty was a little mad the way he was kind of portrayed in the documentary. Uh, was kind of mad at Michael for it. But, you know, that's, that's the way things go. Now let's talk about Dennis Rodman a little bit, okay? The bad man, okay? Now, Dennis Rodman, in my mind, in my mind, my personal opinion, the worst teammate of all time he could have. All right? If I was going to a foxhole tomorrow, I would not be calling Dennis Rodman to watch my back. Like, ever. Like, he was on there making excuses, his commitment to the team, and, oh, I'm going to, you know, when I was playing basketball, I was all there, but I got to do my thing when it was on. Like, no. Like, there was times you just mispracticed. You take a Las Vegas trip. Like, you know, I remember when he went to WCW for a little bit. Or I remember vividly. Now, I did not put it in my old brain here that it was during the finals. Like, I'm pissed thinking about it. Like, you're going to go mispractice to be on WCW? You can do that at any point in time. It doesn't have to be now. It could be later. And everybody would think it's great. But guess what? You were a terrible teammate at that time. Like, if I would have been on that team, I just wouldn't even want to see you come back at all. Like, don't even come. Like, we don't need you. If you don't want to be here, we don't need you. Because at any point in time that your teammate finds something else more important than what your common goal is, especially when you're in the finals, then go, go screw off somewhere. We don't want you here. Like, that this doesn't bode well for who he is you know and Dennis Rodman is a unique character in basketball and is his life like I think he amps it up a little bit he likes people to talk about him um you know and I don't think Dennis was a bad player I thought he was a he was a great defensive player and he was great like 
the thing I like most about this documentary is this is basketball when I liked it. All right. You see guys going in the paint and getting smacked around. It was difficult to get in the paint. It was it was a physical game. Today's game is just completely different to me. I can't even watch NBA basketball anymore. I am guilty as charged, okay? I can't watch a game. I hear more whistles blown on every single possession that it's just like, oh my gosh, this game's going to take eight hours. And, like, sure, it's a scorer's game. And everything that we've gotten in this world, if you ask me, is consistently let's keep getting scores. Like, football is turning that way, making it very hard for defenders to defend a ball, giving the offense a more opportunity because people want to see points. Like, that's what they they view as being something great. You know, and on my hand is I want to see something that's physical and you play defense and it's a, a, a outright fight. Like, that's what I want to watch. You know, whether it's football, basketball, anything. All right? And I, I kind of slowed down and lost my train of thought there because I got really wrapped up about Dennis Rodman just being a very selfish player. And, uh, you know, that's all I really want to say about it. Um, but, you know, all together, that was a great documentary. That was that was something for 10 weeks that we got to look forward to. And when it was kind of gone, I was just kind of like wind out of my sails. Like, oh, man, it's over. This is rough. Um, but, you know... Tom Brady came out of nowhere, you know, and he said, you know, they're going to make a uh, a similar 10 uh, documentary uh, episode season about Tom Brady and the Patriots, um, which I would be very eager to see. And I actually said it right away uh, that after this, the next biggest dynasty of all time I would want to see is the New England Patriots. Now, I don't think that will actually happen until Bill Belichick is not a head coach in the NFL. Like, he is not going to let people come in and look at how he uh, runs his program and how everything goes. Like, that is his edge and his ability, you know, his stuff. Like, you don't let people come in and just see what you're doing for free, and you definitely don't let them just do it and let somebody else get a competitive edge against you. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Like, like, for Phil Jackson, like, he hasn't coached in a few years. Like, if they take away some of the stuff that he does, that is what it is. And, you know, there's some player drama that the Patriots have. Like you get the Aaron Hernandez stuff, the Gronkowski stuff, all that kind of deal. Even when Randy Moss was there, you could talk about that. But, you know, I just think that for a program that was very uh, tight-knit, didn't really let people in and talk about things, uh, would be a very difficult deal because I know – Anybody who's a, a current Patriot on that team would n- probably not be allowed to talk about certain things because either uh, Bill Belichick doesn't want him to or somewhere in that about. Because I know Bill Belichick probably wouldn't be involved in it if it does happen. Um, he could be. I mean, he surprised me before, like, you know, the documentary with him and Nick Saban uh, having football conversations. But even that, even when that happened, he was like, all right, cameras leave the room. Like, we're going to have a real conversation. Um you know, so, uh, but that'll be exciting to watch. Um, if you haven't watched Last Dance, I'm sure you guys can watch. If you got uh, on ESPN or anywhere else, it's a great watch. Uh, pretty sim- like it, it will be grueling if you have to watch it all at once because that's ten hours straight. Uh, if you can spread it out, good watch for you. All right. All right, let's start wrapping up the podcast, uh, and we'll get right into it. All right, let's get right into the Netflix movie of the week. All right. 
This week I chose The Wrong Missy. Alright. Uh, this movie stars David Spade, Lauren Lapkus, and Nick Swartzen. Uh, and it's a Happy Madison production. Alright. So Adam Sandler's got his hands on it. Uh, and it's a good watch. It's, uh, it's funny. I laughed extremely hard. Alright. There's some things in there that are just laugh out loud moments. Uh, basically the background of the story is uh, this guy uh, who went on a blind date uh, with this girl had a terrible time she was unbelievably a bad date um, decides uh, not to talk to her anymore so kind of puts her on the back burner ends up going to the airport meets this other girl um, and basically she is like the perfect woman for him she is a beautiful woman uh, she has all his quirky tendencies, and um, he's basically shows that he, you know, wants her. And they kind of have like a little date in the airport, and she has to go board another flight, uh, and he kind of misses her. So um, he decides he's going to text her and see if she would want to go on a second date because he's got to go to Hawaii for a work retreat. And. The irony of the story is the both girls, the blind date and the perfect woman, were both named Missy, and he accidentally texts the wrong one. So uh, that is the premise of the movie. If you watch the trailer, you will see that. Uh, from there, it's just laugh, laughter, and kind of ridiculous comedy. But I thought it was hilarious. Uh, what's a little funny about it when uh, my wife and I were on our honeymoon in Hawaii, uh, we were on the Koala Ranch. While we were there, they said they were filming. We asked if there was any movies filming currently, and they said there's one movie filming, uh, and it's an Adam Sandler movie. And it, they're very like on the ranch when there's a movie getting filmed, they're very hush hush. Uh, we're like, well, what's it about? And he goes, the the lady who was our tour guide, she's like, well, a guy goes on vacation and he brought the wrong girl, and that was all she told us. And like halfway through the movie, I just looked at my wife, I was like, this is the movie they were filming while we were there. And we like there's a bunch of parts in the movie where you can see them uh, on different parts of the property out there where they filmed, and it was just kind of cool to have a little reflection back on that. But there's that, all right. Uh, but let's get to three and out, all right. First down, the UP is set free, all right. As last Friday, uh, the UP was allowed to start uh, operating again in a normal function, all right. So uh, it's a little. It's not like we got uh, the tether pulled off, leashes off, we're running around going crazy. There's still rules and regulations to be followed. Uh, you should still be wearing your mask, consistently washing your hands, doing all those things still. But we're allowed to start going out and being a little bit more active in our community uh, or communities up here in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, all right, second down. All right. Now this one hit the old uh, my old Twitter and I, I thought it was a little weird. Jason Momoa, all right, the guy who was in uh, Aquaman or uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the actor that uh, is a large human being with muscles and is Samoan. Um, I believe he's Samoan. I'm not 100% sure on that. But Jason Momoa was seen in Ferndale downstate uh, in the middle of an epidemic uh, just visiting around. Like, I guess he's got a buddy who lives in Ferndale. Uh, decided he was going to stop by and see his buddy and uh, was just down there visiting and then he kind of felt bad I read a little article he said he felt bad because he kind of drew a crowd and people started crowding around giving poor um, uh, CDC you know 
advice there. So, um, you know, he kind of had that moment where he felt a little bad. But, uh, you know, actors and celebrities, they're, they're real people too. They got friends that you don't know about. Coming around, visiting them, all right? But here we go, third down. All right. Now, this Monday was Memorial Day weekend. Um, not this Monday, this whole weekend was Memorial Day weekend, but Memorial Day was uh, this week. Um, you know, and some people kind of get confused on what Memorial Day is. Some people think it's, uh, you know, uh, looking at all veterans, like it's Veterans Day or something like that. Um, Memorial Day is meant for the people who, um, you know, we're honoring the men and women who uh, died in the military. So, um, you know, I remember on uh, Memorial Day when I was a young kid, we'd always go out to uh, my great-grandfather's uh, grave and uh, pay our respects and our honors to him. Um, but I just want to publicly out there say, you know, this is it was a day uh, of remembrance and everything like that, and the people that sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice of their lives for our country. Unbelievable. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to everybody out there still today that – uh, defends this country and everything like that but um that's this week's podcast tw podcast uh sorry i missed a week again that's this was you know every now and then i just get too busy to get an episode in so uh but thanks for tuning in hopefully get you guys another episode next week y'all have a good one